Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Welcome back to Get Advisor Fit. I'm joined today by Anthony Williams from the Bronx. We met recently um, through LinkedIn because Anthony is upping his game here and he is creating content like a madman, which of course caught my attention. So here we are. He is a wealth planner, future influencer. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, Anthony? Yeah, Olivia, one, th- thanks for having me here. Um, it's crazy how the internet works. I mean, you were just uh, uh, on the right side. You should probably connect with Olivia. And then I got the chance to connect with you, learn about the work that you did. And I even saw this, even saw this podcast. And I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, and so, yeah, so so again, Anthony Williams, I'm from the Bronx originally, Jamaican and Guyanese descent. Um, I pretty much got my start in the industry around 18, 19 years old. So I got a very early, very early start to the game. And so I learned a lot of those entrepreneurial lessons early on. Um, and so once I was able to fully graduate and, and, and take on this business full time, um, I already had a few years of experience. Um, and, you know, outside of the, the work stuff, you know, I'm a huge self-help junkie. I like to stay active. Um, and at one point, ball was life for me. Basketball was my thing. Um, and I still play ball here and there um, when I can participate in a few local leagues just to kind of keep, you know, keep my shooting, my, my, my shooting sharp. Uh, but outside of that, really enjoy the work that I'm doing and enjoy having these type of conversations. Yeah. So, I mean, we we clicked automatically when we first met. And so one of the things that I really like about you is your entrepreneurial spirit. And so when you tell me, though, you started in 18, 19 years old, what do you mean exactly? What, are, what was Anthony doing at 18? A little entrepreneur. Yes. So so growing up, you know, my, my dad always told me um, in order for you to be truly free, uh, you have to do your own thing. Um, and so I always had that in, in the back of my mind and always wanted to start a business. Uh, just didn't know what type of business, you know, you know, when I, when I was going to start it. Um, and so before I even got into financial services, I was part of multi-level marketing, right? So I already had a little, a little bit of an early start um, building a team, you know, talking about talking about a product or a service, something like that. And just display a lot of leadership qualities. Um, and then uh, I think it was my, my first semester um, at, at school. I went to Howard University. Uh, my uh, my dad, you know, gave someone my number and they were saying, hey, would you be interested in a financial services internship? Um, and they told me that what I would be doing, I'll be going to people's houses, talking about their personal finances. And at first I was a bit terrified. I'm like, I'm going to people's houses. Are you serious? That, that's crazy. Um, but I said, you know what? I, I took the deep dive. I was always into personal finance. Like I had my first retirement account when I was 18. I got my first life insurance plan. When I was 18. And so I just think it was just, it was perfect timing. And, um, and that's how I got started when I was, when I was, when I was young. That's awesome. On so many levels. The first one being that, the last thing I was thinking about when I was 18 was retirement. I, I actually got married pretty young and I had my first child pretty young, really young, too young. But my husband at the time was all like, oh, I'm going to save all this money for retirement. And I'm like, why? <laughs> We're only like 19 years old. Why? And and, you know, looking back because, well, retirement doing your own thing, owning a business. None of this was anything that was ever like talked about in my family because my mom was a trust fund baby. So she didn't work. 
My dad wasn't in the picture. So like finances were nothing that we ever talked about, let alone retirement. I mean, we have to save for retirement. I mean, none of these, these like foreign concepts to me. So for you to be like 18 years old and like doing all of this stuff already, that's pretty impressive, but not just impressive, like now talking about it, but in that you you actually are clearly very passionate about it. It's not just like a job that you, you know, yes, you were asked to do the internship and go to people's houses. That was, you know, not something that you were expecting, but, you know, you were already in it, you know, in your mind before you even were in the job. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely terrifying. I'm not going to lie to you. Cause I consider myself, um, you know, I'm extroverted, but I'm also introverted. So I forget the word, I think ambivert, I forget it. Because I think at that stage of my life, it was like, I was very shy. Um, but, but I, I don't, I, I, I mustered up the courage. I practiced, I, I, I came in early, I stood late. Um, and so it helped me transform my mindset, which helped me, you know, be successful. Cause even in the internship program, um, I was within my category. I was number one on the East coast for about three years in a row. And then I graduated being top 10 in the country. So, a lot of those, yeah, a lot of, a lot of sleepless nights, early mornings. It, it, it was crazy. <laughs> so once you would go to these people's houses, what did you do? So it would first be more of like, it's a relationship-based business. So it's more yeah. of like I'm just learning more about them. Because the way I got introduced to these people was typically through like referrals, introductions. And so it'd be first more of like, hey, let's get to know each other. Um, and then I'll probably spend the next like maybe 20, 20 minutes kind of going to like what I actually do. And then, you know, and then the next the next few minutes was pretty much learning more about this exact person and figuring out if we'd be if, we'd be, if we would be a good fit for each other. So I have an interesting thought while you're talking about this is, you know, I was speaking to someone recently about how nerve wracking it can be for a new uh, financial planning client to come in the office the first time and like spill their guts. Like these, this is my whole life. These are my problems. This is my goals and my dreams and all the deep down stuff. I mean, I wonder in your experience, like, do you, I mean, the home setting versus being like in an office setting, do you feel like it made any kind of difference? So I would say, you know, I mean, mind you, this is almost like 10 years ago, right? And so yeah, now technology has definitely shifted where, you know, 90, 97% of my meetings are, are Zoom. Uh, but but to answer your question, uh, when I met someone in their home, they're very comfortable. It's their own environment. They control the environment. We sit at their kitchen table. Um, however, I did find it to be from a business side, tend to be inefficient with time-wise, because let's say they would like to offer me a drink, they might be cooking, they might be doing something in their house, but I think that allowed them to be a bit more comfortable um, and having yeah. a conversation with me by just sharing me with sharing things with me that they don't even tell their closest friend. Um, versus in the office, you know, everyone has to put up a certain front. You know, I, I had my suit and tie, I had the best, my, my best tie, I, I polished my shoes. Um, they're coming in and, and they're, 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 they don't really know what to expect. Um, but I do think that, um, but now, now moving forward, because we are working virtually, uh, people would be more comfortable. And so one of the, the, the common themes that my clients tell me they really enjoy is the fact that they feel comfortable having a conversation with me, uh, which allows them to open up and really us and really having us make progress, right? Because at the end of the day, when it comes to planning, it is personal. And so I really focus a lot on the personal stuff first. And the numbers, we typically talk about the numbers the last like 10 to 15 minutes of the actual meeting, right? And so, yeah, so, that, that, so that's what I've learned. And notice over the over the last few years yeah so um 
And I think that one of the things that this shift to digital since, you know, 10 years ago is that, you know, they say, okay, well, we're more disconnected, all of these types of things, but there's also a lot of opportunities, I think, for people to get to know you in a very non-threatening way, like doing a podcast or you, you know, but you just show me your video that you made and you're about to put out. Um, and these are ways that you're doing and other advisors are doing or anybody really in business who's using social media and email and things like that can build a connection with somebody that makes them feel more at ease so that when they, well, first of all, at ease enough to want to book the call with you mm -hmm. and then also to like, you know, move forward with the process and things like that. So the landscape has definitely changed in that respect, but, you know, you're doing the right things, which is putting yourself out there so that people can get comfortable with you. And so on that note, I mean, I know that you're uh, with Northwestern Mutual, and I work with some advisors who, uh, you know, work for larger companies and some advisors who are independent and things like that. Um, in your experience, what would you say has been like the most beneficial thing that you've done to help grow your business since you've been with Northwestern? I would say, um, you know, re really focus on building the brand out um, and, and really, you know, identifying who I am as an individual, because at the end of the day, um, and, and, you know, others might agree or disagree. I, I think that financial planning is such a is such a commoditized product where it's like you can get the same financial planning products or services down the block. But it's like what makes you different? And so I think, um, you know, really, when we think about my brand, I consider myself an entrepreneur first, a connector. I just happen to be a financial planning. So when I talk about the entrepreneur side of things. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm running my, running, I'm, yes, I'm partnered with a large corporation, a company. However, I'm doing my own thing. I have my own payroll, my own marketing strategies, things like that. Um, but, you know, I do have other business, business outside of this where I might be in a networking space. It might be um, in, in a car rental space. I have a lot of, a lot of outside opportunities that I work on. And so when I connect with other entrepreneurs, hey, listen, I, I'm a business owner, you're a business owner. I can, I know how you, I know what you're thinking about because I'm thinking about them myself. And when I think about the connector mindset, um, I always approach my meetings as more, much more like networking sessions where we're just I'm just learning more about this individual. And so I always like to whenever I meet with someone, I'm always thinking about how can I help you? It's never really how we can help me. It's really how I can help you. And that's got me to the point where people just call people who are clients. Some are even clients are calling me for advice. Hey, Anthony, I want to connect with this mentor in this hospital. Anthony, I want to connect with this person in my law firm. You know, how do I go about it? And I'm like, oh, wow, you're asking me this question. Cool. This is exactly how I do it. And so I think I was able to really solidify my brand um, just as an individual, which then makes it easy for me to connect with those folks that, that we target and, and, we, and we work with on a daily basis. Yeah. You know what that says to me is that you are doing a phenomenal job at leading by example. And so these people are coming to you, not just for financial planning advice, but because they're like, I see Anthony doing this. I want to do this. I'm going to ask him how I can go about doing this, which I think is something that is a real added value for you and your practice, because this is something that business owners need. And we were just talking about this recently with somebody, especially, you know, I mean, I don't know, business owners in the early stage, a lot of times, I mean, depending on how fast they're growing things, depending if they can afford to, you know, hire someone. But uh, a lot of times in, you know, the first 10 years, you don't have a lot of extra money to go paying a mentor and things like that. So you're seeking out advice, you know, from the, the people in your network and then um, 
networking basically. So, um, you know, that is an added value to have you in their corner to say, okay, this is how you can go out and, you know, do this um, without having to necessarily pay for a cons consulting service or exactly. a business mentorship service or whatever. Yeah, and, and, um, and, and don't get me wrong. I still believe those things are important. Like I think one of the things that I also did as well, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring this point up was I early on my, my first year full-time, I had a coach, right? I, I've had a business coach. And at one point I had like three coaches at one point uh, that was actually last year. Um, but I always invested to myself and I was able to do that because as a business owner, I kept, kept, my just me personally, my personal expenses are very low. So I was like, I'm able to all the money that I'm making, I'm able to reinvest back into the business and invest into myself. And then in turn, because I'm because I'm actually paying for these coaching programs, stuff like that, whenever my clients want to start a business or get into real estate, like listen, I, I invested thousands of dollars in this area. I can give that to you for free. And granted, you did come to me financial planning, but that's just another value add was listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about things. Traditionally for you, like doing the regular 401ks, IRAs, but also untraditional, how to view um, your business as part of your, your plan. Yeah. So that's another interesting topic that um, when I work with financial advisors who also work with business owners, I like to ask them personally in their experience, do they find the access point, like in the journey of meeting someone in in potentially working with them and then becoming a client or not. Do you find that the access point is in through the business side or in through wealth planning? Yeah. Well, it just depends on um, on what stage you're catching them at. So like, you know, if, if, if we're dealing with someone who's a business owner in, in their first few years, um, usually your business finances, your personal finances are co-mingled. And so ideally the approach would be more of, hey, let's address your personal stuff. And then when your business gets to the point where we have consistent enough revenue for you to spend money on other things, then we can talk more about the business stuff. Um, you know, and let's say if I'm talking to someone that's much more established, maybe they might be 10 years out, usually the access point tends to be the business side because maybe they want to maintain key talent. Maybe they need to adjust their retirement benefits. Maybe they need to create some type of compensation planning to keep the right people on the team, or maybe they just want to be able to have some type of succession planning. So it just depends. So usually what I find early stage businesses, it's commingled. As we get further out, it tends to start with the business because that, that's tend to be was top of mind for them. And we eventually trickle over to the personal side. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, okay. So I never thought of that first stage, that first early stage where everything is commingled, but Oh boy, I know about that stage. <laughs> and it was a hot mess. I'm yeah. like, well, because I didn't know anything about owning a business. I mean, I could barely manage my own personal finances, let alone, you know, it's much easier now. So I've learned the right, the right way to do it. But um I I that brings a new perspective for it to me because I kind of forget about that that section. Because typically what I think is um especially in the growing stages, right, of owning a business. I feel like that is the access point for a lot of mm -hmm. people. Um, and because that's where their focus is, right? That's where they're making their money. So they're like, how can I make more money? And not so much on the other side. So like, you know, it's interesting when we, when we talk about um, marketing to business owners 
what that journey looks like so that you can address them at the appropriate time. So I just wanted your, your input yeah. on that. And you definitely gave me new insight on that first part because I forget about that part. <laughs> yeah, we always forget about it, you know, and then, and then um, but, you know, not, not, we always forget about it, but then having conversations like this, like, yeah, I remember, you know, at this point, because yeah, similar to me, my stuff was co-mingled. Now there's definitely separation of church and state within, within, the, within the finances as well. Yeah, definitely. So if you, I think what I really do like about you too, and your willingness to help in, I think that this episode will be really helpful for um, advisors who are looking to go out on their own and make, make their own thing, like your dad said, um, what kind of advice would you give an advisor um, or you say, what advice would you give your younger self, um, you know, young Anthony, who was going to people's houses and doing that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think the first thing is you, you got to get your mind right. Um, you know, like my, my first year full time as an advisor, I actually almost quit. I almost left the business. Yeah. And and the reason why was I was always anxious about the unknowns. I was always anxious about, OK, where's my next client going to come from? Um, and then it was like, OK, how am I going to meet payroll? Um, and then it got to the point where because I was so anxious, I overcompensated by working a lot more because I worked a lot more, I ignored, you know, my, my health, I ignored my relationships. I stopped doing hobbies and then it all came down together. And then it was like, you know, you know, lost like 20 pounds, was depressed, was in bed literally for like almost four, four days in a row. Um, and so I just said it to say that you, when you gotta, you gotta invest in yourself and get your mental right. And, and what does that look like? Right. That could be adopting a meditation practice that could be having an outlet, um, for you to express yourself. For me, it was going playing sports and me actually going to play basketball. Um, and so, so I think it's important just to one, invest in your mental health, because if you think about this world that we're in, um, it's a performance-based business, right? You have to go out there, perform. You have to go out there, get the clients. And if you're not right mentally, um, then it'll be it'll be very hard for you to actually make progress in that area. So I think one is it's it's um, you know get, get your get your mindset right. Um, and then the second thing I would give advice to people would be um, depending on what stage you're in is keep your personal expenses really low. A lot of people out there like to run lifestyle practices where it's like, you know, they're making this money and they go out there, buy the nice car, they buy the nice watch, they buy, you know, they move into the super expensive apartment. But now it gets to the point where they have so much pressure uh, on their cash flow where they're going to have to go out there, maybe do things um, out there in the marketplace, which may not be in the best interest of the clients, because now you're thinking about your own pocket. And so I think it's really keep your personal expenses really low. So you have the flexibility. So when things aren't doing so well, you're not stressed out. And because you're stressed out, you're not performing really well. And I guess the, the last advice too, that I would give would be, you know, find those mentors early, you know, like, like for me, I have like three different types of mentors. I have mentors that are, let's say, let's say 10 years ahead of me, right? And they're absolutely crushing. I have mentors that are 20 years. So I have different mentors for different stages and different for different things in my life. And so, you know, the advice I would give would be, um, you know, just invest in your mental health, right? Uh, keep fixed expenses low and really find those key mentors as soon as possible because, you know, I don't know where I'd be without my, my mentor, right? He, he's really successful financial advisor. He's really picked me up a lot and given me some advice. So I can obviously, and I can definitely avoid the mistakes that, that he made himself. Yeah. You know, and I think that one of the things that a lot of financial advisors struggle with is kind of feeling like they live in a vacuum and they live in a bubble. And it's like, well, what is everybody else out there doing? Because you feel so like alone. And I mean, 
you're all, I mean, I feel like the industry as a whole has done really good job in recent years of having more of an abundance mindset. Like there is plenty of business to go around, but at the same time, like, you know, you do, you, you're building your own business and it's your baby and you're protective of it. So, um, I think that this feeling of, you know, that can that feeling can be alleviated by what you're saying is having a mentor. A different, and yeah. I always say coaches, mentors, that's like the greatest life hack of all time. I don't I mean, I don't I think before the Internet, they weren't as popular. Yeah. Um, but now you can get a coach for just about anything. And I think that it's one of the greatest investments that you can make. I mean, even in just like doing things like coming, uh, coming in, somebody coming in will help you organize your stuff. Well, every yeah. month. Like just random stuff that makes, I mean, in general makes your life more efficient so you can keep your mind right for mm-hmm. your business. Um, you know, put the mask on yourself before exactly. you the mask exactly. on others. Um, so I think that that's really, um, a key thing to, I mean, I second that a million percent. And another thing about what was thinking when you were talking about the mental health is like, as someone who's marketing to business owners, and you know that these are the struggles, like these are things that, you know, I've seen you talk about in your content, and I've seen other talk about in their content, um, about things like this, and we need to be reminded to like, put mm-hmm. the brakes on, keep perspective, do things to take care of your body and your mind. And those posts always do really well because they resonate because these are, you know, common struggles that business owners have getting burnout, overcompensating. You pull like the second thing you said about um, pulling too much out of the business um, and then having to rely on it too much. And then it's not fun anymore. Then it's like, screw this. I want to quit too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so no, that's great advice. And um, I mean, so when you look at, you know, yourself and your practice and you look at these mentors, what's your vision for yourself for like, you know, it's your 10 year plan. Yeah, that's th- thanks for asking that question. I'm o- I'm always thinking about uh, what's next. The other day I was thinking about, OK, how, how does how 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 do executives run these multi-billion dollar corporations? I believe if you're someone that's good, you're able to, you're always looking around what's next and what, what you know, what's around the corner because you can you'll be able to anticipate industry trends, et cetera. But to answer your question, so like I told you before, you know, the brand, right, it's an entrepreneur, Connect happens to be in financial planning. And so, you know, my goal right now is to really build out the practice um, and, and and really still keep that boutique feeling. I know there's some advisory firms out there that have like over 30 employees, 40 employees, 50 employees. I'm more of, hey, listen, like, you know, uh, me being a financial, I'm, I'm more than just a financial advisor, right? So my goal here is to build a practice out, you know, maybe hire no more than 10 people, uh, you know, within the next 10 years um, and really still provide that comprehensive financial planning. And so we work, we can work people in many different ways. So the goal is to just continue to build a practice out, hire more junior associates on that front. Um, and then once the, once this financial planning business is said and done, then I might just start launching coaching. I might go out there and start coaching other financial advisors as well. So I'm actually You'd be really good at that. Yeah. Thank you. I, and because uh, I used I do coach individually, uh, then I realized that I'm not really an individual person. I like to just coach to the masses. And so definitely going to be coming out with something within the next five years on that front. And then, you know, what, once I finish that, then it's going to probably get into real estate heavy. And so probably take the business profits of that, invest into real estate, build a nice, robust real estate portfolio. And then 
Um, I might spill over into other riskier businesses, such as like having a coffee shop, lounges, restaurants. So pretty much taking things in stages, uh, because these days people always talk about multiple multiple sources of income, um, which they're nice. But if all your multiple sources of incomes are are as stable or strong, you know, then then something happens, you're going to get wiped out. And so right now is build a really strong financial planning practice, financial planning for not only for myself, but also for my clients. I want to make sure that my clients do need if they need an associate to speak to. You know, you know, we we have quality people on the team for us to be able to make that happen. So yeah, so that that's like, you know, uh, the ten year vision of, of the the stages that I want to go through, and then you know, as I'm doing all of this, still be a positive impact to people, whether that's like personally, professional, financial, still posting content and stuff like that, and just let people know the things that I go through because we all go through things. No matter who's going to be able to, you know, pick get picked back up from them and be able to help the next person, uh, so they don't have to make the same mistakes. Yeah. So I guess the, the question that comes to mind when you were talking has really nothing to do with that. Well, I guess it does. <laughs> but when you were com- when you were thinking about the types of clients that you wanted to serve, and I know who your target audience is, but how did you decide that that was the type of people you wanted to help? Was it because you were working with them already and you found it was a good fit or was it something different? So I think the, the first, I guess, target market business owners, um, you know, I'm a business owner myself. And so I feel like when I'm talking to a business owner, we could, we always go back and forth with like, we talk about culture, we talk about team, we talk about benefits, we talk about payroll, we talk about, talk about, we talk a lot about the same things. And so I think that was an easy one for me, for me to choose. Um, and then, you know, a lot, a lot of my, so I went, I went to uh, Howard University, which is, in, it's an historically black university and they produce the most um, attorneys out there. And then also um, at least my, minority attorneys and also physicians. And so a lot of my friends, they just end up being like doctors and attorneys. And so every time I go somewhere, you know, it just so happened to be that way. And, and, um, and it's a huge need, um, you know, in that market. Uh, and then also I have a lot of local organization partnerships that really served that market as well. So it was, it was a combination between being able to relate what was around me and then really honing in and focus on it. Uh, Cause in the past it was just, you know, I was, I was going after everybody. And I think, I think in the beginning, you know, you know, depending on what model you're coming under um, that could be a great place to start. And then eventually you can niche over time. Cause at the end of the day, you still need, you know, you can't really help out your target market if you don't have any clients, you're not in business, you know? So, right. um, so yeah, so th- those are some things, that's some of the feedback I have for you. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think that it's kind of, you know, simple. Okay. Two things, business people, we love to talk about business. We talk about yeah. business all day. And <laughs> so, I mean, naturally that's a good fit. And then I, you know, I didn't even plan personally to, serve business owners, but I do in my business. Um, I was, you know, freelance writing for basically whoever. Um, then I you know, finished my master's degree, had my son, and then um, was getting back into it. And uh, for the people who know my story, um, you know, it was a suggestion that I try out the financial space because there really weren't a lot of writers. But I love that I am marketing to other people in business because I can talk about business all day. I mean, you know, it's, and I think that that's why those posts also do really well and emails that are talking about, because we all look, we're business owners. We love talking about our babies, you know, that's mm-hmm. what we want to do. Um, so not, like you said, natural fit. And yes, I, well, okay. So I remember when I first wrote, started writing some financial planning articles for physicians in particular, I haven't really written for anybody who uh, I haven't really written a lot of attorney-focused content, but physician-focused content, boy, 
did I have no idea like the financial challenges that physicians face as far as like the insurance and yep. student loans and liabilities and all of these things. And I was like, wow. I mean, I couldn't imagine being a doctor and trying to figure that out on my own. So yeah, and if you think about it, just the the schooling that they have to go through, the you know the the twenty four hour shifts, the the board exams, and all of that, and then on top of that, you know, people think that they're they're making the money, right? And it's like, well, they are making the money, but they're late to the game. And late to the game, yeah, exactly. And sometimes, depending on their their background, you know, they they probably have a whole family that they need to support. Uh, before they can even enjoy their money. And so, so yeah, no, it, it can, you know, th- that's why it's really important for to choose a niche because when I do, when I do meet with these type of clientele, I'm like, I'm able to, I understand, I already know their struggles. Now somebody, Hey, can, can we help you solve it? You know, are we a good fit? Exactly. You know, the tips and tricks, the ins and outs, it's not starting from scratch. And so I remember someone too, like asked me a long time ago, like, would you ever work with a financial advisor who, um, you know, had X, Y, and Z niche. And I was like, listen, I've been writing for a hot minute now. Okay. I've written for a hot number of uh niches. I can't, I don't want to learn anymore. It's too much, you know, like so if I would say my example I always gave was like uh tech technology or something like Silicon Valley guys. Like I know nothing about that occupation, that world. If somebody came to me, I'll be like, I'm sorry, I'll have to send you to someone else because Mm -hmm. that's a lot of information for all intents and purposes. You have to become an expert on Mm -hmm. the financial challenges of that group of people. So if you come across an advisor who says, you know, I serve everybody, I'm an expert in everybody. Well, no, you cannot possibly be an expert. You cannot. So, um, you know, very smart, very smart to have picked your niches, you know, early and not do that whole struggle bus thing um we, we have enough struggles to deal with yeah, we exactly we don't need the, the daily business struggles and yeah, i mean if there's going to be struggles especially if you're, if you're trying to grow and make things happen there's always going to be struggles but uh, you know i'd rather the struggle like right now the things that i'm thinking through is like talent retention um you know trying to find talent um and then you know making sure that uh you know we're, we're prepared for opportunities let's say if there's a market downturn or there's there's things to be bought out there like how do we evaluate and if it, if and how do we acquire if it makes sense for for our business and stuff like that but yeah no it's a, a lot of struggles out there <laughs> yeah so i guess before we go i would just like to ask your opinion um on you know what do you where do you see the financial advisory business going do you feel like it's going in a good direction and you know what what do you think what we can look forward to so Sonia, i was asked this question the other day really um, i was uh so i think i think one um there, there's been an uh increased uh number of people do it themselves doing it themselves um especially with these low cost um you know brokerage firms um, you know, so there's gonna be a lot of people that probably don't need the basics. They probably need more of like more expertise or more, more tactical uh, or, or technical advice. So I think that's going to be some, a key there. Um, the second thing is um, being a people are going to want to start looking for more comprehensive financial advisors. Like I think the whole, Hey, I just do insurance or I just do investments thing is now a thing of the past, because if I come across someone and they already have a financial advisor and that advisor is only doing investments, then it's like, well, 
have they have they created you an actual financial plan? Do they have any expertise in insurance? So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, compre comprehensive uh, movement, and so that's why you want to go with a firm that can help you support that um, that that actual process. And then last but not least, I'm going to see a lot of um, you know fee based planning um, happening where yes. you think about you know the compression of actual AUM fees. It's like well you know, because of where we are as, as technology, it's like things are being cheaper. It's going to be co less costly to invest. Well, now people are probably just going to prefer to pay a financial planning fee and maybe do it themselves for a little bit. And when it gets to the point where they think their, their portfolio tends to be complex, maybe then that's when they decide to pass it off. So I would just think, um, you know, uh, comprehensive planning, uh, fee-based planning, um, and uh, and you got you got you to move with it. If you're not, you're going to get left behind and you're going to just, you're going to lose clients. Yeah, I think that's going to be more popular too. I mean, I've even seen it a hell of a lot more than I did even in 2018, 2019. And I think it's fantastic because I, what for me, I feel like it's just, just um, access, you know, giving people access to life-changing advice um, at the price point that they're at. And like you said, when their portfolio gets to a point where it makes sense, it's complex enough that, you know, you move to maybe that B plus AUM, mm -hmm. um, then you get to that point. But you know, um, I like to see this, I hate to use the word democratization, but like just the higher accessibility of comprehensive planning yep. services through the fee-based model. And um, that's what, you know, that's what we need. So I'm glad to see it too. It makes me encouraged for the future. Exactly. And, and it's only going to just help the client um, because, you know, again, even reflecting on, the, on, you know, just my time in the industry, it used to be if someone wanted to get help, they had to buy a product, you know, they had to, they had to buy something. And, and that was just the nature of the industry, but now there's a lot more transparency. Um, there's a lot more advocacy for clients and stuff like that. And so you just want to be able to, you know, go, go where the masses are going, you know, especially if it's in this client's best interest. And again, we're here to, we're, we're here to provide advice at the end of the day. That, that, that's where we're, that's where our true value uh, comes to play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that you give great advice. I think that you, you are, all your clients are lucky to have you and any future advisors that you might be mentoring or coaching and to the masses. Um, I mean, I, you, you're very, you, you, it fits you very well. So thank you. I'm sure that my audience is going to love this. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, you guys know where to find me at lexiconcontentdevelopment.com or on LinkedIn um, at Olivia Looper or Instagram at lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. And Anthony, why don't you tell us where we can yeah. find you? So, so LinkedIn, Anthony Williams, uh, put Northwestern Mutual, find me. Um, and then on uh, Instagram, I do I do a lot of content on there, visionary.ant. Follow me, um, shoot me a DM. I'm here to be a resource. Um, and especially if, if, if you're in the New York City area, love to connect, love to have a conversation um, and how, see how we can help each other. Grow. So thank you for having me, Olivia. Absolutely. And you guys, I will put all those links and handles in the show notes and the captions so you can follow right through to check Anthony out. Um, as always, lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. 
And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.